Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Connor Pope, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. On Tuesday, ITV News published a video filmed a year ago in 10 Downing Street. The video appears to be strong evidence that a Christmas party was held in the Prime Minister's official residence in December 2020 in clear breach of strict Covid rules brought in just before Christmas last year. Today, can Boris Johnson survive his very own version of Golfgate and will the scandal hurt the fight against Omicron in Britain? Dennis Staunton is the London editor of the Irish Times. Dennis, this scandal had been going on for a week already before this video was leaked to ITV News. But it's fair to say that the footage elevated the story to a completely different level. Perhaps the best way to start the story is to listen to the audio of that video. But before we do that, can you set the scene? Who are we listening to in this tape and what's the context in which it's being recorded? What we're listening to is Allegra Stratton, who at that time was uh, the Prime Minister's press secretary. So she was kind of the political press spokesperson. And she was brought in at a time when Downing Street was planning to have daily televised press briefings like they do at the White House. They were rehearsing for these briefings that were due to start in the new year. This was around the 20th of December, two days after this party was supposed to have taken place on the 18th of December. And she was rehearsing where they were kind of asking her the kind of questions that she might get thrown at a press conference. What you hear is Ed Oldfield, who's another member of the press team in Downing Street, throwing her a question, a hypothetical question about if she was asked, had there been a party in number 10 and what the prime minister's reaction to that would have been? I've Ed? just seen reports on Twitter that there was a Downing Street Christmas party on Friday night. Do you recognise those reports? <laughs> I went home. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, uh, uh... Would the Prime Minister condone a Happy Christmas? What's the answer? I don't know. I didn't. Wasn't the party? It was cheese and wine. Clear. It's not. Is cheese and wine all right? No. It was a business meeting. No. <laughs> I'm joking. This is recorded. This fictional party was a business meeting, and it was not socially distanced. Um, one more, and then we'll one more. Um, ask anybody have any questions today? It was interesting because we had had for a week or so the Prime Minister, various ministers, the Prime Minister's press team giving various kinds of denials about whether a party had taken place. We had the Prime Minister's official spokesman saying there was no party, categorically denying that there had been a party. So first of all, this made clear 
that there was a party. And also everybody knew about it. They also appeared to know that this was something that was embarrassing, that it was wrong. It was clearly in breach of the guidelines that had been running at the time. And so it was, you know, the first thing was, it was pretty clear evidence that we were being misled by the Prime Minister and his team. Okay, And if we can stay in December 2020 for a minute, as you say, by any measure, it seems like a reasonable interpretation to say that there was, in fact, a party in number 10 Downing Street on the date in question. But there have been really strong denials of that. And no one has yet come out and publicly said, yes, I was there. So do we know for sure there was a party on December the 18th? And if we do know, how do we know? It's been reported, uh, first of all, by uh, Pippa Crerer in the Daily Mirror from multiple sources uh, that the party happened on that evening of December the 18th, 2020. And then subsequently, other newspapers have reported uh, with other sources. Now, what we hear and what I would have heard around the time is that uh, there were various gatherings that would have taken place. At least you heard rumours about this kind of thing. And if you think uh, back to that time, people in government were working nonstop. And while most people were working from home, these people, say, in Downing Street, were actually in the office all the time uh, under massive pressure. And it uh, may have been that they might open a bottle of wine at the end of the day or at the end of the week or something. And so the question, in a way, was not so much did something happen. I think everybody agrees that something happened on that evening. The question was, what was it that happened? We had events uh, the whole time. We had events for, for Hanukkah. We turned the Christmas lights on, we do all sorts of things in, in number 10 uh, and in accordance with the rules as, as you would expect. And what I want to say to people is... And so the denials took various forms. So first of all, there was no party and whatever happened, the guidelines were followed or the rules were followed. There was sometimes a distinction between what was followed. And so then the question was, well, so was it a kind of a, a work gathering, which might have been legal, or was it actually a mainly social gathering, which wouldn't have been allowed at the time? You've said no rules were broken, which is fine. Why don't you just make this story go away and tell us what happened? Because I've, I've told you, and uh, what I, I want to repeat, that the guidance is there, uh, and... Then you heard there was a secret Santa organised and that there were about 40 or 50 people there and that drink was ordered in by members of the staff and that there were cheese and nibbles and the most recent reports say that it went on until 2 o'clock in the morning. So that sounds like a party as opposed to just a kind of an impromptu drink uh, at the end of the day. But between one thing and another... By the time we got to the uh, video appearing on uh, Tuesday night, uh, we'd had so many of these different sort of evasions and, uh, and different versions of sort of what exactly was it a party, what, when is a party not a party, who was at it, who knew about it. And of course, at the same time, you were getting reports that there were other events in Downing Street, including one on the 27th of November, which was a leaving event for one of the staff, where Boris Johnson was supposed to have not only been there, but made a speech. And then there were other reports of various gatherings in his Downing Street flat, uh, where his wife Carrie would have various of her friends and other people around. And there were all kinds of questions about all of this. So, there, so this whole thing has come into a kind of a, a whole kind of melange of accusations that the people who were making the rules were breaking the rules. You mentioned that there was thirty or forty people at this alleged party with the Secret Santa and the Christmas jumpers. I think we can call it a party at this stage. <laughs> I think we probably can. Do we know who was at the party and is there any suggestion that Boris Johnson himself was there? 
It seems that Boris Johnson was not at the party on the 18th of December and Downing Street has denied that he was there. It said explicitly he wasn't there. It's been quite cagey about who else might have been there, including whether those people that we would have been talking to in Downing Street were there or not. So nobody's really been saying exactly who was there. Last Wednesday, the Labour Party leader Keir Starmer attacked Johnson about it in Westminster for the first time. As millions of people were locked down last year, was a Christmas party thrown in Downing Street for dozens of people on December the 18th? Prime Minister! Uh, uh, Mr Speaker, uh, what I can tell the right honourable gentleman is that uh, is that all guidance was followed uh, completely during number 10. The defence seems to be no rules were broken. Well, I've got the rules that were in place at the time Prime Minister of this party. They're very, they're very clear, Mr Speaker. You, you, must, you must not have a work Christmas lunch or party. Does the Prime Minister really expect the country to believe that while people were banned from seeing their loved ones at Christmas last year, it was fine for him and his friends to throw a boozy party in Downing Street? When the video was leaked this week, there was a huge amount of fallout. What has happened in the 48 hours since that video was leaked? So uh, the first thing that happened was shock all round that this, uh, you because know, it, it appeared quite late in the evening on Tuesday and was broadcast at uh, 10 o'clock on Tuesday night on the ITV News. Overnight, all the government ministers who were supposed to be out on the morning broadcast round on the BBC, on radio, on ITV, on Sky, they were all pulled and suddenly there was nobody available and nobody was sent out to to answer any questions. And they had been supposed, this was supposed to be crime week for the government for their kind of information grid where they were supposed to be talking about drugs policy, prisons, all this stuff. Nobody wants to talk about that, obviously. So that's the first thing that happened. And then uh, Boris Johnson was up at 12 o'clock for Prime Minister's questions. And there were people, various Tory MPs were coming out during the morning to condemn this tape, to express their shock. And of course, throughout the, those hours from the time the tape went out, you had phone-ins on all the radio stations all over the country. I just can't quite describe the anger I think most people feel, just about the complete contempt that the government has for everybody and just the complete lack of respect for everything that everyone has gone through. Um, it was the date, that, the 18th of December, that triggered all this because it was the 18th of December that my dad was taken into hospital. Basically, he went in on the 18th of December and he never, ever came out. Just not being able to go and see him, not being able to go out and see my mum. At this time, when these people were partying, I couldn't go and see my parent, my husband, my grandmother in hospital. We were saying goodbye to each other on an iPad and talking about all the sacrifices that they made. People who didn't go home for Christmas and they didn't, you know, and subsequently their relatives died. And so there were all these heartbreaking stories of what people went through. And these people were just outraged to think that at the same time, at exactly that moment, that people were having a party in Downing Street. And so the atmosphere was very heightened by the time that Boris Johnson went in to face... Uh, Prime Minister's questions. And he started off by, before even a question was asked, by making an apology. Mr Speaker, may I begin by saying that I understand and share the anger up and down the country at seeing number 10 staff seeming to make light of lockdown measures. And I can understand 
how infuriating it must be to think that the people who have been setting the rules have not been following the rules, Mr Speaker, because I was also furious to see that clip. And Mr Speaker, I apologise. I apologise unreservedly for the offence that it has caused up and down the country and I apologise for the impression that it gives. But I repeat, Mr Speaker, that I have been repeatedly assured since these allegations emerged that there was no party and that, and that no Covid rules were broken and that is what I have been repeatedly assured. But I have asked the Cabinet Secretary to establish all the facts. We've all watched the video of the Prime Minister's staff, including his personal spokesperson. They knew there was a party. They knew it was against the rules. They knew they couldn't admit it. And they thought it was funny. It's obvious what happened. Anton Decker ahead of the Prime Minister on this. The Prime Minister has been caught red-handed. If we could focus for a second on Keir Starmer, because the Labour leader has had a huge number of opportunities in recent weeks to attack Boris Johnson in Westminster over many different scandals. Has he taken full advantage of those scandals and has that damaged Boris Johnson in the standing of the public? Yes. Uh, So over the last few weeks, you've had a number of uh, issues. One was about Owen Paterson, who was the former Northern Ireland secretary who had been censured by the Parliamentary Standards Committee. And Boris Johnson got the Conservative MPs to vote against censuring him and tried to change the whole system. That blew off him in his face. And that gave Keir Starmer a chance to use this line. It's one rule for them. And another rule for everybody else. And so he's been using this time and again. And this was, again, another opportunity for him to say, look, why don't you just come clean? The fact is, all these people were going through all of this, but it was one rule for you and it was another for everybody else. So it's been a very effective line. And what you've seen over the last few weeks is you've seen the Labour Party drawing level and in some polls going ahead of the Conservatives. And so staying level or ahead for the first time, you know, for, for quite a while, for a few weeks, uh, for the first time in over a year. Allegra Stratton stepped down this week and she was in tears as she read a statement to the press outside her home. What did she say? She said that she was uh, extremely sorry for the remarks that she had made in the video. The British people have made immense sacrifices in the ongoing battle against COVID-19. I now fear that my comments in the leaked video of the 20th of December last year have become a distraction in that fight. My remarks seemed to make light of the rules. Rules that people were doing everything to obey. That was never my intention. She said she would uh, regret them for the rest of her days. She apologised directly to the people who had been suffering during that time, uh, either personally through illness, through bereavement, or just because of their businesses failing. Working in government is an immense privilege. I tried to do right by you all, to behave with civility and decency and act to the high standards you expect of number 10. It was a very, very direct and apparently very, very heartfelt apology. And we obviously can't know the secrets of her heart, but I mean, she looks, uh, she looked in that video as if she was genuinely distressed. We all know that social media is not the most forgiving space in the world. And if 
the response to this story is anything to go by on social media platforms. Stratton's resignation was met with a mixture of glee and a very, very small dose of sympathy. Do you feel any sympathy for her? I don't think it really matters what I feel, but I, but but what I think is that she has become the fall guy in this. It doesn't seem to me that she was a central player in whatever happened. It doesn't seem that she organised the party. It also appears that Allegra Stratton doesn't seem to have been at the party. And so when she was struggling to answer that question, uh, you know, in the mock press conference, there's a question, you know, when she was laughing, was she laughing because she thought the whole thing was funny or was it embarrassment or what was it awkwardness? So either she was unlucky or it was unfair, maybe. Now, she made it just a few hours after Boris Johnson effectively threw her under the bus. He said he was sickened uh, when he saw this video. He also said that his aides had consistently told him that there was no party. So he basically blamed everybody in Downing Street for uh, apparently not telling what was going on. And I certainly wouldn't particularly like to be working for a boss who, like Boris Johnson, was prepared uh, as his first instinct to throw his aides under a bus for something that he frankly ought to have known about himself. And you've mentioned that phrase, uh, throwing people under the bus a couple of times. Does Boris have previous uh, in that regard? Yes, he's somebody who has a history of getting rid of people when they become inconvenient for one reason or another. And, uh, you know, he'll stick by them until such time as it's not convenient. Then he gets rid of them. And then his usual routine, apparently, is that he'll phone them up to try to make friends with them afterwards because he doesn't like to be disliked. And that quite often works uh, because, you know, he has a certain kind of charm and he just sort of, you know, I'm not sure it's going to work in uh, in the case of the, the people who are going to take the, the hit for this one. And I also think it's, uh, it's a kind of a wasting asset, that kind of... Uh, uh, you know, that kind of routine. What do you think they're hoping happens next? Do you think they'll just weather this storm and hope that everyone will just move on in the days ahead? Yes. Boris Johnson has announced uh, this investigation by his cabinet secretary, Simon Case, into whether a party happened in the building where Boris Johnson not only works but lives. And so he has started a formal investigation by the head of the civil service into whether that happened or not, because Boris Johnson obviously couldn't possibly find out by any other means, apparently. And so uh, so nobody really has been kind of fingered with it. Oddly enough, yesterday, after Prime Minister's questions, I was walking through Westminster and I saw having his lunch... Geoffrey Cox, former Attorney General, who was at the centre of a huge amount of outrage. He was almost a disgraced figure about four weeks ago when it emerged that he was earning you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds as a, a barrister while also being an MP and representing uh, various tax havens working during the, you know, the lockdown from some Caribbean island. And there was all this talk that uh, you know, he maybe would have to resign his seat, that he'd never be seen in public again. He looked perfectly comfortable when I saw him yesterday. And so I, and the point is that nobody remembers that he was at the centre of a controversy. That uh, And that was only a few weeks ago. So people do move on. This morning, uh, we're speaking on Thursday, Boris Johnson and his wife Carrie 
announced that uh, uh, they've uh, had a, a new baby, a daughter, and uh, mother and baby doing well, apparently. And that obviously is, uh, you know, is going to be a different story for today. You know, so I think that you know, that they will hope that this story about the uh, the party goes away. And so, and in a way, by appointing Simon Case the cabinet secretary asking him to do an investigation. That means that if anybody asks any questions about the party, then both Boris Johnson and his staff can say, well, we can't interfere with uh, the cabinet secretary's investigation. Really wouldn't want to, you know, uh, to uh, try to influence that. Better just wait until we see what he says. And then sometime after Christmas, he'll come up with some report. Maybe somebody else will have to resign. Then everybody will move on. Problem that Boris Johnson has is this is now entangled in a whole lot of other things and particularly uh, entangled in the fact that he's introduced new COVID restrictions which are unpopular with some of his MPs. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're seeing growth in cases here in the UK that now mirrors the rapid increases previously seen in South Africa. And South Africa is also seeing hospitalizations roughly doubling in a week. Boris Johnson has announced the introduction of a Plan B for dealing with COVID. What is Plan B and what went wrong with Plan A? Plan B was always in the locker. So plan A had basically been remove all restrictions and do whatever you like. And that's what happened in July. So that uh, since the middle of July, you haven't had to wear a mask anywhere in Britain, you haven't had to do, there've been basically no, no social distancing restrictions. And so they said, but if uh, for whatever reason, the uh, you know the virus starts to rise up again in the winter. Then uh, we've got these other measures, and so because Omicron has popped up and is spreading fast, they've introduced these measures now. By Irish standards, they're pretty mild. So that from Friday, you're going to have to wear a face covering in most indoor settings, and uh, then you'll have to show a COVID passport from next week if you want to get into a venue of more than 500 people. But, but you don't have to show it, say, to get into a restaurant, to get into a bar. They're advising people to work from home from next uh, Monday. But Boris Johnson said, don't cancel your Christmas party. So you, can, so you shouldn't go to work, but you can go to the office party at Christmas. And he says, don't cancel nativity plays or any of this stuff. So, so in a way, it's, kind of, it's a very light form of the kind of restrictions that we have in Ireland. And, uh, and, you know, but, but nonetheless... Uh, these restrictions are still 
very unpopular with the libertarian wing of the Conservative Party who think that vaccine passports are a major assault on individual freedom. Some people have made this dark suggestion that Boris Johnson pulled out the plan B to distract from the Christmas party scandal. Um, you know, colleagues say, uh, or, or people say that um, we're somehow making this announcement to, to coincide with uh, events in, in politics. Well, actually, uh, imagine if uh, this step were to have been delayed uh, because of uh, political uh, 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 events of one kind or another. What would people say then? Uh, it would seem like a radical move, even for him. Except that nobody was expecting it to be announced on Wednesday when it was announced. Yeah, they were expecting some kind of press conference to happen during the week, but that, that would be, uh, be talking about antiviral drugs. And they were suggesting, the suggestion was that if these uh, measures came in, that next week would be the earliest. And, you know, and the fact, for example, that they haven't got anything ready for it, that there's, you know, there's some of these things, like the, the vaccine passports, they can't come into effect for a week, suggests that uh, the planning was brought forward bit. And certainly some of the government ministers who were consulted quite late in the day on Wednesday were taken by surprise by this. So I think that, uh, you know, it may be a conspiracy theory, but it doesn't actually mean it's not true that, say, measures that that maybe they were going to to introduce next week, that they decided to kind of bring this forward. As these new restrictions come in, Dennis, what's the mood like in Britain? Will the Christmas party scandal affect how people comply with the new measures? I think it might give people an excuse not to comply if they feel like not complying. The mood is kind of mixed. So on the one hand, you find people are being a bit careful about their Christmas parties. Some people have decided they're, they're cancelling them. Others, I notice, uh, I was invited to something yesterday evening and they said, well, let's, why don't we all just take a lateral flow test before we come? There are people are doing things like that. They're being a little bit more careful. But at the same time, there is no appetite much, I think, for a real full-blown set of restrictions. And I think that if, for example, uh, you were to bring in restrictions on bars, on restaurants, I think there would be some resistance to that. Having said that, I mean, I think it always depends on on how the pandemic progresses. So if there is evidence that this variant is spreading very fast, if the numbers are so great that despite the vaccinations, the people are going into hospital in great numbers, then I think the public mood can change. And generally speaking, throughout the pandemic here in Britain, the public have been a bit ahead of the government in terms of wanting more restrictions. And so although there's a volu- you know, very voluble crowd on the Conservative backbenchers, a minority who don't like them, the fact is that most MPs cross-party approve of tough measures and the public generally is supportive of restrictions. As we learned here in Ireland during the Golfgate affair last summer, or in the summer of 2020 at least, hell hath no fury like a nation betrayed by its leaders over lockdown rules. How do you think it's going to play out in the UK? Boris Johnson has obviously weathered a lot of scandals during his leadership. Do you think he'll weather this one? I think he probably will weather this particular one. The question is really, in a way, to what extent this has the impact of further undermining his authority or raising further questions about his leadership among the Conservative MPs. There's a scene from Yes, Prime Minister, where Jim Hacker is uh, talking about nurses and teachers, that uh, they would be outraged if they gave MPs uh, a pay rise. But as he um, points out, the nurses and teachers can only vote against him uh, at the next election, whereas the uh, MPs can vote against him at 10 o'clock tonight. And Boris Johnson's fate rests in the hands of the Conservative MPs. 
And they voted for him as leader, not because they thought he was great, but they thought he was going to win elections. And he did. He won an 80 seat majority in 2019. And as long as they think that they would be better off going into the next election with him at their head, they'll keep him there. But the moment that they calculate that they would be better off with somebody else, he's gone. Dennis Staunton, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. That's it for today. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 